This is The Wrap, a weekly show bringing you up to speed on the cool stuff that's been happening throughout the week. This is episode 34 on Friday, June 14th, 2013, and I am your host, TJ. As has become my habit with this show, I will start you out with a report from Monday from the box office. Number one at the box office on a budget of $3 million was The Purge. This film looks terrible. It's, of course, a, a horror film, and uh, I really didn't know anything about it. Uh, it. And so as soon as I saw that it was number one, I looked up a few things about it, and I'm not interested. It's not that I have necessarily a problem with the film. It's just, you know, I'm just not interested. Uh, but you're welcome to check it out. It was number one. It brought in uh, $36.4 million over the weekend. Uh, it had a $3.5 million gross, bringing the worldwide total up to 39.9 on a budget of $3 million. That's week number one, first weekend in the box office. So doing uh, well for its budget, for sure. It's a little weak for a box office opening, number one. I mean, it's just the overall box office there is a little weak. But uh, anyway, that was number one as of Monday. Number two was Fast and Furious 6 for week number three. It had a budget of $160 million. It brought in $19.7 million over the weekend, bringing the worldwide total up to $584.6 million. <sighs> I didn't like the film very much, as you all know by now. I won't harp on it, but uh, such is the way things go. Number three was Now You See Me for week number two. It brought in $19.5 million over the weekend, uh, just, just slightly lower than uh, Fast and Furious 6. Uh, its total now is $64.6 million. That was as of Monday, as I remind you. The budget was $75 million, so not looking great. This is week number two for Now You See Me. Number uh, number four was The Internship on a budget of $58 million. It brought in $18.1 million over the weekend, so it also has a long road to haul. Number five was Epic. Uh, week number three for Epic, its worldwide total is $189.5 million, brought in $12.1 million over the weekend. So week number three. Number six, Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, its worldwide total is still just a little bit under it, the previous Star Trek film. Um, it, it hasn't quite made it to that level, but $376.5 million worldwide. So it, it does stand a chance, I think, of catching the previous Star Trek film. We'll see how that goes. It brought in $11.7 million over the weekend, week number three for Star Trek Into Darkness. Unfortunately, it faces some pretty stiff competition. As good as the movie was, uh, it, it still has that Star Trek stigma, even though J.J. Abrams has really removed that Star Trek stigma in many ways from the franchise. It's uh, It still, I think, has that stigma for people. They just hear the name Star Trek, and they they don't want to go see it, even though it was a great film. So, not not terrible. $376.5 million on a budget of $190. Number seven was After Earth. This is a complete and total flop thus far. It had a budget of $130 million. It's brought in uh, $95.2 million worldwide. Uh, it has a total, the, the weekend total was $11.2 million. Domestically, it's only made $46 million. We're calling this a flop. Um, the critics sure hated it. I didn't think it was as bad as the critics said it was. Number eight, The Hangover Part 3. Um, I have nothing to say about this except why. It's uh, made $272 million worldwide on a budget of $103 million. Uh, other things of note, Iron Man 3 dropped to number nine. That's just below my threshold of the top eight that I post on Monday. Uh, but that, that movie did well. Uh, it's a, an amount I'll never be able to fathom. Uh, the Great Gatsby follows, and uh, one of my favorites so far this year, uh, 42, the Jackie Robinson film, uh, is number 16. Uh, totals were down in the hundreds of thousands for the weekend instead of the millions, so it's pretty much done. 
it's an unfortunate. It was a good film. Uh, all right. Uh, no more blockbusters for Will Smith. Speaking to Digital Spy, Will Smith said that he may not be too keen on making more blockbuster films and would rather focus on more dangerous projects. That's an interesting way to put it because apparently this project was dangerous for his career, at least. Uh, you know, I enjoyed the film, and I think perhaps uh, he was trying too hard to involve his son, though. Uh, and, and many have talked about the references to, references to Scientology and whatnot, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the After Earth was, uh, it was not a, it, it's not been a success, and so Will Smith's talking about, uh, you know, not doing any more blockbusters and focusing on these other projects. You can check out that interview with Will Smith in the uh, show notes, just a, a short clip there. Uh, I've got uh, several Man of Steel things for you. I'll just uh, if you if you in fact if you go to moviebyte.com and search for Man of Steel, you will be inundated, inundated with content. If I can say my words this morning for you, uh, but I'll just mention a couple here: two clips in a thirty-second spot for Man of Steel. Uh, this was posted on Monday, with less than a week to go before we get to see Man of Steel in theaters. And by the way, that is now tonight. Uh, actually, last night you could have seen it. I'm going to see it tonight. Uh, but uh, we're likely to see a lot of teasers, footage, and other promotional material for the film. And indeed, that was the case. Throughout the week, I posted a smattering of things from Man of Steel. Uh, every every one of them I've enjoyed very much, so I'll put this one in the show notes, two clips in a 30-second spot for Man of Steel. Uh, here's some news. Man of Steel 2 is on the fast track. Zack Snyder will return to direct, according to Jermaine Lucier from uh, Slash Film. How high is Warner Brothers on Zack Snyder's Man of Steel opening this Friday? They are now officially fast-tracking the sequel Man of Steel 2, bringing back the director as well as the screenwriter David Goyer. Christopher Nolan will also return as producer, but in a smaller capacity. This likely assures a second Superman film will be out before Justice League, though the film is still in the cards, possibly with Goyer writing. So I guess uh, Warner Brothers is pretty confident in this film, even though it's uh, you know we have yet to see how it's going to do on its opening weekend. We won't know that until Monday. I can't wait to see it, so uh, it's exciting. Uh, and, and still in the Man of Steel news, there's been mixed critical reception for Man of Steel. Kevin uh, Jagernoth at The Playlist reports, Reception certainly has been mixed. Our own reviews stated that it strains under Snyder's indulgent action tendencies, but, but succeeds on heart where Braun will not. But overall, reactions have varied, some calling it a masterpiece, others saying it's a big miss. We figured we'd collect some of the other voices out there and give a rundown of the other reviews that have landed. So those reviews that, uh, and you can click through the, in the show notes and click through to the playlist and, uh, read all those, uh, collected reviews. Um, essentially it's, it's a pretty mixed, uh, mixed review, uh, mixed review bag, but, uh, you know, a lot of positives as well. And, and, uh, Michael Minkoff on, uh, my post on this on Facebook pointed out, and by, by the way, Michael Minkoff is a host of one of our other podcasts here at Movie Byte, Movieology, which you should check out. That would be at moviebyte.com slash movieology. But he pointed out that a uh, mixed critical reception is better than a critically mixed reception, where each each critic feels mixed about the film. This was more polarizing. This was you either loved it or you hated it, which is probably a good thing. I tend to agree with that perspective. Uh, I did want to mention just this one quote from the Associated Press that I really hated uh, that they did not like the film. And that that this quote is this. The awkward acrobatics to modernize Man of Steel are most evident with its new explanation of Superman's shield. The S, we are told, doesn't stand for Superman, but is a Krypton glyph meaning hope. But if S doesn't stand for Superman, Man of Steel is the one with uh, with the identity issues, not to mention a spelling problem. End quote. 
That's just crazy. We've all known for quite some time, even back in the Christopher Reeve days, the S did not stand for Superman. It was a glyph of uh, of Superman's family crest of his home planet, Krypton. It's never stood for Superman. Uh, I think the idea is that it inspired the name Superman, but it's never been a sign for Superman. So that's just a ludicrous, and, and the whole stupid paragraph didn't even make sense, the whole thing that I just read. So, you know, whatever. Uh, that was that was pretty funny, I thought. So I thought I'd read it for you. Uh, White House Down gets an extended trailer. You know, it sort of looks like Olympus has fallen on steroids, and I liked Olympus has fallen. So this has potential to be even better, or, you know, it could be a lot worse. This kind of the way these things go. I don't think there will be any in between. So, uh, but be sure to check out this extended trailer. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx should be able to deliver a good flick. So I choose to hope for the best. Uh, check that one out. We got a teaser trailer for The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Despite my uh, mixed feelings for the first uh, incarnation of The Hobbit, uh, the uh, the first film that came out this past year in, in, uh, in December, uh, I'm still excited for this trailer and this film, even though I'm not all that excited for some of the directions that uh, Peter Jackson has taken. I just can't help myself. It's it's still pretty fun. So that trailer is in the show notes, and I recommend watching it. John M. Chu will be directing G.I. Joe 3. Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline reports Paramount and MGM are making a deal with John M. Chu to direct another installment of G.I. Joe. It was Chu who essentially guided the do-over from 2009's G.I. Joe, The Rise of the Cobra, and it wasn't the easiest process. The film was refashioned with Dwayne Johnson and Bruce Willis at its core as its core leads. Uh, and, and, and to that I say this is apparently because no one in the world, no one left in the world has any taste. Um, I want to know why garbage like this keeps getting made, but it's apparently because people keep going to see it. So stop seeing films like this. Uh, I kind of felt like I had to see it so that I could give a report on it. In fact, actually, that's not true. I I saw it because I was looking forward to it because I enjoyed the first G.I. Joe well enough. As I recall, it's been a while since I've seen it, but as I recall, it was maybe a three or a three and a half star film. And and, and this new G.I. Joe was nowhere near that level. Um, So... A pretty disappointing, and I'm not looking forward to G.I. Joe 3. Uh, make of that, take take and do with that what you will. There is a rumor that Han and Leia's kids will be in Star Wars Episode 7, according to Matt Goldberg of Collider. According to Schmoes No, they've picked up the following casting notice storyline. Two 17-year-old twins, a girl and a boy, are trained by their Uncle Luke to be the greatest Jedis in the galaxy. Problems arise when the male twins turn to the dark side. Jaina Solo, female, 17 years old, Lead Jason's twin sister, one of the greats, uh, one of the greatest Jedi's in the galaxy, trained by her uncle Luke Skywalker, and Jason Solo, male, seventeen years old, led uh, lead Jaina's twin brother, one of the greatest Jedi's in the world, a loner who is constantly struggling with the idea of what's right and what's wrong, starts to turn to the dark side, full of conviction that what he's doing is the right thing, will eventually become Darth. Um, forgive me, Star Wars fans, I don't know how to say this. Darth Cadius, something like that. So if this rumor is to be believed, they're basically doing the post-Return of the Jedi novels uh, on the big screen, uh, and they're making the movie out of them. I kind of actually doubt that. That just doesn't seem like the way to go. So I'm not putting much stock in this rumor, but that is the rumor. And, well, I mean, there certainly is a casting notice, apparently. So, you know, maybe maybe there's something to it. We'll see. Um, so we also got a couple of other trailers um, on Thursday in a world trailer um, – uh, from the instant in a world premiered at the 2013 Sundance Film Festival. This is from Jermaine Lucier over at Slash Film. I remember thinking, I can't see, I can't wait to see the trailer for that. 
That Day is Here, written and directed by and starring Lake Bell in a world as a story of a young woman trying to make a living in a male-dominated field of voiceover work, specifically that of movie trailers. When marketers for a new movie decided to reinstate the classic phrase, in a world. The film's trailer, a, com- a competition breaks out that pits young the young woman against her father, Fred uh, Malmed, and an up-and-comer, Ken Marino. It looks like it could be pretty fun. I mean, we'll see. Uh, it's certainly funny, so uh, you might want to check out the trailer for In a World. Um, and we also got a trailer for 300, Rise of an Empire. Uh, I did not see the first 300 film. I wasn't watching as many films in theater at the time and didn't look appealing to me. Uh, I will try to see it soon. That way I can be prepared for 300 Rise of an Empire. I can tell you this, there's lots of slow motion in the uh, in this new trailer for 300 Rise of an Empire, and I understand that that's par for the course with this uh, film. So there you go. That trailer's in the show notes. We also got a Wolverine International trailer. Uh, this, is, this is the most extensive look we've seen at the film, as far as I can remember. Um, and I like Logan and Wolverine as a character, and so this this should be a fun film. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so the Wolverine official international trailer. Joe and I recorded the Movie Byte podcast episode 47. We broadcasted it live on Wednesday and posted the podcast on Thursday. That's after having missed a week, as I apologized last week for that. I am sorry about that. We try not to do that. Uh, so check that out. We talked about After Earth and Now You See Me. Elysium gets a much longer trailer and looks more interesting and better than I thought it would. I still have some concerns about the idea that the rich are inherently evil and the poor are being oppressed just because the rich are rich. But that maybe that's not the case. I can't quite tell from the trailer yet, and uh, you, you might like that sort of thing. Uh, I don't. I don't hold that viewpoint. But the trailer does look interesting, and the movie looks like it should be a lot of fun in any event. So you want to make sure that you see that. Uh, the Elysium official trailer number two, starring Matt Damon. Corey Poff wrote a, a short review on Monsters, Inc. Uh, that's on coming on the uh heels here, or we're about to come up with uh, Monsters University, so he thought he would write a quick review of Monsters, Inc., one of his favorite Pixar films. He does reviews for us occasionally on Movie Bite, so check that out. And finally, let's talk about what to see this weekend. I don't know, there's not much coming out. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait! Man of Steel! Of course you'll want to see Man of Steel, right? <laughs> I am looking forward to this film. It is in theaters right now. As we speak, you can see it in the theaters. I'm recommending this one. Having not seen it yet, I'll see it tonight, and I'm expecting it to be pretty good. Um, despite the mixed critical reception. Uh, it is rated PG-13 for intense sequences of sci-fi, violence, action, and destruction, and for some language. It stars Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Diana Lane, uh, Diane Lane, and Russell Crowe, directed by Zack Snyder, who also, by the way, did 300. Uh, so, uh, in that cast list, it didn't mention Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, which I'm also looking forward to as Perry White. Interesting choice. So, uh, highly recommending that. The other new one this week is uh, This Is The End, rated R, starring uh, James, Franco, uh, James Franco, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, Michael Sarah, and Emma Watson. I am not recommending this film. It looks absolutely dreadful. Um, so, you know, but if you like um, R-rated comedies uh, with uh, looks like going to be lots of sex and, and garbage in it, then you're welcome to go see it. I highly recommend not seeing it. Still in theaters, Fast and Furious 6, Now You See Me, The Internship, Epic, Star Trek Into Darkness, After Earth, The Hangover Part 3, Iron Man 3, and The Great Gatsby. For more on how I feel about each of these films and whether I think you should see them, you should check out my article, which will be linked in the show notes. 
That is all for this week. If you don't have a podcatcher that pulls in the show notes and links, you can find those at moviebyte.com slash the wrap slash 34. If you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter at TJ Draper Pro, or you can find me and subscribe to my updates on Facebook at facebook.com slash TJ Draper. Of course, you should be following MovieByte on Twitter if you want to stay up to date. We are MovieByte over there, and you can like MovieByte on Facebook at facebook.com slash MovieByte. Make sure you visit the website each and every day because we post something every day. We post four to five to six, maybe eight things every day that we will keep you up to date with. That's at MovieByte.com. And that's it. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a super weekend. Did you see what I did there? Super weekend. (laughs) Sorry. 